Hey guys, we're debrowing crypto episode 21. But by the way, I saved my wife's life last night. It's true. He did. It's true. Should we tell him what happened? Yeah. You tell him. You tell him. Okay. Anyway, so it's been a rough week. You know, you, you may think on Instagram we've just been partying, but we've also been partying at night with our sick kid who definitely has RSV. And so we haven't been sleeping that much and we've been traveling. I don't know. So last night I have like about to go do a speech in like an hour and I just like break out in this crazy set of hives. And of course I call Nahal to help me. And Nahal proceeds to lie to me and say, there are no hives here. You just got little bumps. Like, just relax and chill out. In reality, I was having basically anaphylactic shock, uh, but we couldn't go to the hospital because we were also caring for our two little sick kids and all three of us were not going to the emergency room. So long story short, by playing some soothing music and putting on a sound machine and lying to me and tying my hands behind my back so I didn't itch, um, I survived thanks to my husband who saved my life. It's, it's I appreciate all true. it. Oh, oh, thank you. Anytime. And by the way, uh, behind the scenes, I had like EpiPens laid out. I had yes. like people like medics, like on, you know, on text message. And so, but you know, it's all about the front end experience. It's not the shit show that happens like behind the scenes, but you're like, like talking about this, like it's a tech company. It's a tech company, like taking care of, like being in a marriage is like a startup, but anyway, um, well, I, I, I have a lot of gratitude for my husband for saving my life. I need to capitalize to on this. I need to capitalize on this gratitude. Can I go out tonight, like really late yes. with my friends? You can go out really All late. Right. Or, or yet yeah, you can sleep in or get a hotel room and go to sleep and have a good, okay. that would be like, and I'll take care of Sai. All right. We can talk about that later. We have a show to conduct and uh, we have an incredible guest who actually uh, we hosted uh, her and her wife, and, her wife uh, in our house in, in, in the living room last election cycle. And she was running for office and she's doing amazing things. And um, Emily uh, is the better half, I would say, <laughs> of the relationship who we're interviewing today. Let's bring Emily on. Hi, hey, thanks so much for having me. Hey, How are you? Hi. Have you ever saved your wife's life? Absolutely not. Do you want to save her life? You're like, absolutely. I would love to. No, I, I, I mean, thankfully, we have not had such a dire life and death situation. I hope that we never face that. Um, but if something were to happen, I would jump right in there, do everything I could. Great. You'd be standing on deck with like five EpiPens and a bunch of Benadryl and locking the door so your kids don't barge in. Absolutely. All, all of those things. The, the thing about EpiPens, by the way, which is very weird and peculiar, you know, like there's this whole lawsuit as, as I was Googling, like how to use an EpiPen, I came across all these articles. Now they're like not $1,000 each. They're like much cheaper. They're like $900 each, but they don't tell you like how to use them at all. They're just like very, you know, and you, anyway, you Google it, you take these things out. The needle is like this big. The needle is like six inches long. So like, you do not want to like, and by the way, the instructions say, as soon as you jab, seek medical attention immediately. Like, don't wait for medical attention. Seek it immediately. So if I was, if anybody's getting a jab, you're also getting an ambulance. You know So what wait, I mean? you're supposed to jab and call the ambulance at the same time? Yeah, the jab is supposed to save your life. 
You know what I mean? The jab is like the for the burst of epinephrine that will will help you battle whatever you're well, battling. Why can't you just jab and like go to sleep? No, there's no jabbing and sleeping. There's no, that's <laughs> not the epi. That's not the epipen like motto. Jab and sleep. Like no, no, I, 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 I mean, I've only gotten them in the hospital room. So. All right. Any, anyway, sorry, Emily. Um, sorry, Emily. Uh, Emily, tell us We're about this, your this is key stuff. Hopefully, this will save someone else's <laughs> life going forward. They thought they with your marriage because now I'm definitely not getting divorced because he saved my life. Well, well, listen, you need like we don't. I mean, we can cancel our couples counselor appointment on Friday. Okay, let's talk about crypto because li literally, like, the EpiPen can also help you save your life against some of the regulatory issues. Is that a good transition that are happening in Web three? Uh, well, Emily, give us your background because it's incredible yes. and all the way up to what led you to be, you know, general counsel at Electric Capital, which by the way, at ENIAC, we look up to as a leader in Web3 uh, investing. And so, you know, congrats on everything you've done, but, but take it away. Thank you. So throughout my career, the best part has been thinking about where the cutting edge of the law and tech meet, particularly in a regulatory space. So I started my career at a law firm trying to push the envelope, limited opportunities there to push the envelope, but lots of great opportunities to learn all of the nuts and bolts of legal and regulatory regimes, because you have to know what you're doing before you can turn it on its edge. And I went into government at the Federal Election Commission and there was working with an old statute that is not very well drafted and then trying to apply it to modern technology. Like there was no Twitter in 1972 and thinking about how modern campaigns operate with that technology and how to enforce the law with the regulations that we had drafted. Then I fell in love with startups and I spent four years building WeWork's regulatory and compliance program. And then I fell in love with crypto and there is no better place for a regulatory lawyer to be. This is very much a once in a generation opportunity and it's totally greenfield and really complex and at the bleeding edge of innovation. And so it's a ton of fun. At I joined Paxos, that was my initial foray into crypto, which is trying to revolutionize financial market infrastructure using blockchain technology. And so thinking a lot about the plumbing of the financial market system and how that can be improved with blockchain. And earlier this year, I joined Electric Capital for an opportunity to really connect with founders and go broad and deep on DeFi. And it's been a ton of fun. That's amazing. Thank you. What do you have for, what advice do you have for like uh, budding lawyers that are interested in getting into the space? I would say one, don't be afraid. I think a lot of people who gear towards law school can be risk averse. And even now with all of the growth of the industry, they can still perceive Web3 as somehow risky. They shouldn't be afraid. They should just go all in, not worry about it. 
And I think there's two key parts of one's expertise to build. And one is you got to understand what the law is. And so get good training, however it is that you can do that, whether that's at a big law firm, whether that's through working in government directly, trying to enforce those laws or trying to draft those laws, and then apply that in the most creative, novel way that you can think. I like to think about things in first principles, because if you go back to what the ultimate regulatory objectives are, then even if the particular rules aren't tailored to what the new technology presents or the opportunities for innovation that exist, if you go back to those fundamentals, then you are always in the spirit of what that regulatory regime was trying to do. And it shows good faith. Do most big law firms have crypto practices or, and like, I think, and because what I found in our, my experiences when we were building the choice DAO was that there weren't, there wasn't a lot of expertise. Like a lot of people like didn't, hadn't built this before, didn't know how to do it. And they were still kind of trying to figure it out. And the law was really new and fairly nascent. That's still very much the case. I think lots of law firms are building out these practices and trying to get more experience because there is so much demand. I think unlike a SaaS or like a Web2 startup where you can delay hiring a general counsel or getting outside legal advice until like your Series C, Series D, it's a much later priority for um, digital asset companies in crypto and Web3, it's a much higher priority because you want to understand what the regulatory framework is. And I think if you have a really solid grasp of what the existing law means, whether that's in a banking and payments context or a securities and commodities context, if you understand that, and then if you can get some fluency from the about the technology from your clients, then you can creatively match those things and give really good advice about how to comply with the law, strategic risk taking and thinking through what makes sense for the growth of a business and potentially getting involved from a public policy perspective on how to influence responsible regulatory creation. Yeah. So in this period, sorry, now I'll jump in whenever. In this period where it's like the, the you know, the crypto crash, right? It feels like we're, you know, people are not as excited or pumped about Web3 maybe as they used to be. Um, and there's a sense like, is this, is, was this real? Well, how does that affect the regulatory market? Does that mean that they're, they're, that it's stalled, that there's more regulations being placed now or less regulations now? Is there innovation happening in the law? Like, what does that mean for this moment from a, from a legal perspective? That's a great question. I think for the legal and regulatory sphere is just like the broader ecosystem. The bear market is a fantastic time to build. It separates out the lower quality products and services and allows focus on 
really resilient and enduring product services and then regulatory frameworks in order to be able to allow them to continue to grow in a responsible way. And so I think a lot of the consumer losses that happened over the last six months have fueled a lot of, for example, US congressional interest in regulating the space. And so there actually is a lot of positive momentum and interest from lawmakers on wanting to understand and engage with the new technology and think about the right ways to regulate it and what that could look like. Yeah, we always say kind of in this market, especially the tourists are gone, you know, from the from the from the from the founding side and the investing side. So only like the real true brave or crazy, we're all crazy, um, folks are are building. Um, but it's a great time to build, you know, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, you know, one of the things that we think about, I know at ENIAC and curious to hear your vantage point at electric, is that you know, we're kind of, there's still a thought in the very back of our minds, and it's it's very low probability that there will be a some sort of regulatory um, burden that could potentially really decimate a lot of Web3 companies, portfolio companies or otherwise, you know, with like one kind of stroke of the hand. I mean, is there that significant of a risk in what would that regulation be does that do they do they in the u.s or 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 globally like what kind of india has done or china has done to like go as so far as to make things like illegal right um i'm just curious to hear your opinion and i i know the answer is no but like i hope it's no at least but i'm just 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 talk 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 us through that yeah, that's a great point. And we're very fortunate at Electric to be able to engage with policymakers on these issues. While in the US, no one is looking to outright ban crypto or digital assets. I think that there is on both sides of the aisle, a general respect for the fact that this is a significant market and is here to stay. I think the president's executive order studying crypto and the effects of digital assets across the government was a very positive signaling to exactly that. That being said, there are various pieces of lots of legislation that is currently under consideration in both the Senate and the House that contains provisions that could be existential to certain parts of the market, like could be very onerous for centralized exchanges. And so it creates certain barriers to entry and only certain exchanges would be able to comply with those or would be able to comply with those in the near term. Or for example, there are provisions that could be very difficult for DeFi to comply with and continue to exist and innovate as we currently understand DeFi. So 
is a really critical time to make sure that the policymakers have the right information about what the technology is, what the opportunities for it are, how it actually works so that they can appropriately understand where the risks are and then craft smart, tailored regulation. Got it. So we're not banning crypto. I don't think so. What's a good okay. internationally? Is there a good takeaway, by the way, for all the all, all our, our entire audience? Crypto is here to stay. Okay, sorry. Yay. Um, is there a good regulatory regime internationally? That's an example of where we'd want to be. There or are no. bits and pieces of other regimes that are doing helpful things, like the fact that the EU just passed Mika or the. Singapore's regime regarding major payments institutions, there are aspects of those that are helpful. I think what's really critical for the U.S. to maintain that leadership position in terms of regulatory policy and financial competition and leadership really needs to plant a flag with some positive legislative step that will make sure that web three development remains within the u.s because there are national security implications for that there are overall financial competition advantages to that and at electric capital we every year since 2018 have studied web three development and published a web three developer report tracking the development of different ecosystems across Web3. And for the first time this year, based on our 2021 data, we published a report analyzing the geographic location of Web3 developers. And for the first time, we saw that the US is starting to lose its lead of being the primary home for Web3 development. And if more Web3 development moves offshore, if more digital asset services and products are only available offshore or otherwise geofenced from U.S. use, then the U.S. stands to lose a lot, both from an, an, an economic and a national security perspective. Is there one party that likes crypto better? That's a great question. I think traditionally people think that Republicans are more inclined towards crypto and in favor of looser regulation, but we've actually found that there are a lot of progressive politicians who are really engaged with what the promise of crypto could be for disadvantaged members or communities that traditionally haven't had the same access to financial services or who have suffered from biases in the operations of those financial services. And so being able to give those communities more control over their assets in a way that crypto does is very powerful. And there are lots of Democrats that appreciate the opportunities that this technology provides for privacy, for national security, and for 
broader financial inclusion. Yeah. So what is the future you think of, like what, if you were to look into the looking glass in the next five years, is this body of law going to expand or stay the same? Like, what do you see? I think it will expand significantly. I think there will be some. Like they'll be teaching it like every, every law school will have a course or five courses in like Web3. Yes. And then I think it will just become the regular law. Like mm -hmm. there's no tech law. It's just law. So right. I think eventually, maybe in 10 years, that's where we'll be. Part of that is we need new regulation to fill in gaps. And part of that, we need to just revise the existing regulation that we have to make it make sense for crypto. Great. We're, uh, we have some questions for you. Can you tell us a little bit about the DCPA, the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act? Yeah. What is so it? it's been getting a, a lot of attention on crypto Twitter lately. So yeah. I'll take you from origins to where we are now. So it started out as one piece of a comprehensive bill that Senators Lummis and Gillibrand had introduced over the summer. Um, and this bill was introduced in the Senate Agriculture Committee. I'll go back to why that's relevant in a second, by the bipartisan leadership there. So both the chair, Senator Stabenow, as well as the ranking member, Senator Bozeman. And what the act does is gives the CFTC primary regulation over crypto spot markets. And so inherent in that is treating digital assets more like commodities. Now, one of the pieces that's really controversial about this is there's a carve out for allowing digital assets to continue to be treated like securities. And in a lot of ways, the fundamental regulatory question that the U.S. is facing is should digital assets be regulated as commodities or should they be regulated as securities? So proponents of the bill think that this does a lot of important work for planting a flag for U.S. regulatory policy, for putting in some sensible standards around how crypto markets can operate and continue to grow and create some certainty around that and facilitating investor protections. People who are concerned about the bill are oftentimes really focused on that securities carve out and would either want broader legislation clarifying what constitutes a security or otherwise limiting SEC jurisdiction to regulate securities. And so now the bill is currently in markup. There are some drafts that are circulating. Anything that we get to see in the public is almost always already outdated and parties are working behind the scenes to negotiate language. The other big sticking point that is in recent drafts of the DC CPA that we've seen relates to DeFi. 
and requirements for participants in liquidity pools as well as operators of of liquidity pools or other just treating anything that could potentially be considered like a DeFi exchange as subject to these regulations, which are very much drafted for a centralized exchange and would be impossible for DeFi to comply with. So going back to thinking about existential threats to the development of crypto in, in, in the United States, it's really important that we get the right language in the bill for DeFi. That yeah. being said, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's a lot that's in this bill that is really positive. So I think we're pretty much out of time with this legislative session. It's unlikely that the DC that the DC CPA is going to pass in 2022, but it could give a lot of momentum to the next Congress to pass some very helpful and comprehensive legislation. Emily, it's so interesting. Thank you. Super interesting. Super interesting. I know we're at time, Emily, but this was amazing. Um, as a lawyer, I really appreciated this. I feel like I learned a lot. And um, in my one experience, you know, in trying to, like, again, put together the choice doubt, so it was really complicated. And, like, you realize that, like, some of this, again, is very nascent and very new. So thank you so much for coming on and educating our audience about all the issues when it comes to crypto and law. And hopefully we'll have and, you back again when maybe this bill and, passes. And Emily, how can people find you? How can people yeah. find you? Is Twitter the best way? Or if, if Twitter, if Twitter is fantastic. Regulatory questions. Yeah, yeah, please. I I eat, sleep, and breathe this. So happy to chat anytime. Emily at electriccapital.com. And thank you so much for having me. This is you're amazing so explaining very complex things. And I think that that's really critical, like in this space. So Please keep doing that. Um, thank you, Emily. And thank you for being on Jabro and Crypto. Thank you, Emily. And, and give so our best much. to Lauren, please. And, yes, uh, Lauren, hi. And, and thank you for and all the amazing work you're doing. Thank you so much. Feel better, Rashma. Thank you. I will. Take Thanks. care. Bye. Bye. -bye.